Welcome to America's Retirement Headquarters, home of the Retirement Guys Formula and America's Medicare Associates. Securities offered through Peak Brokerage Services, LLC. Advisory services offered through the Retirement Guys Formula. Registered Investment Advisor, America's Retirement Headquarters, America's Medicare Associates, and the Retirement Guys Formula are separate and independent entities from Peak Brokerage Services, LLC. great day. I want to thank you so much for joining us and welcome you into America's Retirement Headquarters, home of the Retirement Guys Formula and America's Medicare Associates, Nolan Baker and Scott Kirshner and myself. My name is Chris Swan. Here's how you reach out. 419-794-3030. That's 419-794-3030. Online, America's Retirement Headquarters.com. On today's show, a little advice from Warren Buffett, the Oracle of Omaha on alternatives to bond funds. We're going to talk about what goes into the financial decision to retire early and how to budget for that bucket list you're looking forward to. All this and more. But first, got to check in with the guys, Nolan and Scott. Glad to be with you as always. How are we doing today? Uh, doing great. Uh, this is second time on radio today, yeah, so it's two in kind a row. of a radio-fulfilled day. <laughs> you know, obviously, we've got the studio that we've been building out here in our headquarters in Maumee. And uh, in the good old days, I mean, a little over 20 years now on the radio. And so for all those years, I'd go downtown and uh, hang out down there. I got the opportunity to go downtown today, hang out uh, with Fred Lefevre and do a little morning drive time. So that was fun, too. It's It's good to be here, though. Yeah, you know, the uh, times have changed, and now we can do uh, do the show, and you don't have to make that early 7 a.m. Uh, appearance downtown with Fred. But, uh, uh, you know, when I did that, it was a lot of fun, and I'm sure you had a great time, and uh, Fred's always a great guy to hang out with. Always great to hang out with Fred, for sure, and it is kind of easier just to I have to walk down the stairs from the second floor to the first sure. floor to come into our studio. <laughs> and, a little bit uh, of a shorter commute, for sure, kind of like yeah. when people were working from home. It's like, oh, I have to run up for my meeting. It's uh, I just have to make it up the stairs and dodge the dogs, but... Uh, you know, glad glad to be with you. Sorry, I, I'm uh, I'm second rate compared to Fred for sure. But uh, you know, <laughs> we're gonna do our best. We're gonna hold it down and uh, go ahead and jump into the show here. Inflation is up. The Fed is getting aggressive with interest rate hikes, and the stock market showing more volatility. But analyst Eddie Gabor tells Fox Business, well, he is looking for a silver lining. Look, I've been very vocal about this. I'm very rarely this bearish, but this setup is one of the worst I've seen in my career. When you look at the overall dynamics here, I think right now our number one job needs to be protecting hard-earned capital mm -hmm. and setting up for the next move to take advantage of some great opportunity. So let's talk about what Mr. Gabor said there. Can you guys give me some examples of how the retirement guys would protect capital and then look for opportunities? Yeah, absolutely. And if you look at it, if you think about diversification and, you know, diversification doesn't guarantee against risk, but it's been a strategy that's been around for a long time. And what it refers to is kind of taking and putting a mixture of your money between, say, stocks and bonds. And the concept of asset allocation says as you get older and closer to retirement time, you would historically put more money towards bonds. Well, you know, if we look at this year, specifically 2022, you know, what you've had is you've had an absolute complete meltdown, both in the stock market, but also in the bond market. So bonds, let's say that bonds historically traded at a one standard deviation. And so that one standard deviation maybe means 4%. So it'd be fair to say that, you know, something with a one standard deviation as a bond could go up or down 4% in any given year. You know, bonds this year, in most cases, are trading at about a three standard deviation, meaning, you know, they're seeing similar brunt and abuse that you've seen overall in the stock market. Of course, the markets are down depending upon what day you look at them, anywhere from 20 to 30% and, you know, what index you're looking at. So I think, you know, a lot of investors are trying to figure out, okay, what's my move here? What do I do going forward? And 
some of the times, you know, just going to the sidelines puts you in a situation where you have really no opportunity to get back. You know, it's my opinion, equities will probably bounce back a little bit quicker than maybe the drawdown that you see in the bond market. And of course, in our past shows, we've been talking about the risk in bond funds with rising interest rates, which that's probably not going to go away anytime soon with the inflation numbers that are up. So for those of you that are listening, here's a couple different things to think about. Number one, utilizing circuit breakers. So circuit breakers are predetermined strategies that are designed to protect you and try to limit losses in a declining market. So some of our strategies that we have like our iron retirement or our king's portfolio we've had circuit breakers that have already gone off at our predetermined levels utilizing strategies to to protect you can also apply the same type of concept of determining you know when to put that money back in too so you could use things like the moving average of the market or you could make a determination say to buy when the market's down 30 percent you know again using history as a guideline to help you make some decisions and just because you buy it 30 percent down doesn't mean the market's not going to go down 35 or 40 but what you are knowing is that you're buying at a predetermined level so again you know it's like running the fire safety drill hazard ahead of time so you know kind of what the game plan is versus waiting till the house is on fire the other thing is a fixed index annuity is a good example of a, a financial product it's issued by an insurance company that will provide downside protection so in most fixed index annuities investors are protected against loss of principal but it allows them to participate in gains if and when the market recovery happens. So again, if you're concerned about things and want to look at some protected capital strategies, those can provide some downside safety yet allow you to participate if and when and and the market comes back. Liquid indexed life insurance is another option. It's kind of a weird concept. Most people don't think about that, but there are liquid index life insurance policies. Again, provide protection from the downside of the market, but allow you to go up. And then we're also utilizing uh, what are called protected equities. So protected equities are a strategy that allows an investor to reduce some of the downside risk if the market's going down, allows them to put some of those losses to another investor in exchange for a capped type return. So I guess the bottom line there is, you know, market is a little bit of crazy. There are strategies. So if you're listening and you're not sure what to do, uh, there are several strategies that you can take on what to do with your money and your portfolio. In fact, we're going to hold a special event coming up at our office just in a few days here. It is an event that we're doing to kind of talk about what's going on with the markets and steps that you can take in today's crazy markets. And so if anybody wants to register for that event, we have all the event details on our website, americasretirementheadquarters.com. That's uh, June 7th. We've got a 12 o'clock session and a 6 o'clock session. We're talking specifically about uh, turning panic into opportunity with that event. So, Nolan, let me ask a question. So with the circuit breakers, Who determines that? Does a client come in and sit down with you or or someone on our advisory team and say, how do I determine when my circuit breaker is going to go off? Or is it across the board standard with, uh, you know, all of the clients uh, or is it portfolio by portfolio? Great question. So we have different strategies. So like our Iron Retirement Series or the Dividend Kings, they use a little bit of a different methodology and a philosophy. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's our office that are executing those circuit breakers 
based upon you know our decisions. And at the end of the day, the buck stops with me as the owner of the company sure. to make those decisions. But what we're doing is we're looking at things like the moving averages of the market. And history has shown that when the market goes below a certain point in the moving averages, it tends to say more danger to come. And that's when we would execute some of those circuit breakers. So like Iron Retirement, we review it every Friday, compare where the market is versus where the moving average is. And then we would move one third out each and every week if it is below that moving average, just the same as we would move back in. So, you know, interesting enough, uh, we've been sending out communication to our clients, kind of keeping them up to date. And, you know, I had a client yesterday had emailed that said, hey, you know, let me know if I need to come in and do something. And I, you know, responded back, buddy, no worry. We already took care of it. The circuit breakers are already executed. You know, we already had the money and moved it out based upon the strategy. It was predetermined. We had a review earlier today with some clients, you know, very similar question. They mm -hmm. said, you know, how's my account look? And I said, well, we had already taken 60% of the money and moved it out of the stock market. And then I also told them, I said, you know, if and when the time is right, because this market is creating some incredible opportunities, you know, we'll automatically move that back in when we determine and feel it's in the best interest of the client. You know, so, uh, you know, when you acquire a new client, they come in, and I'm sure that all of this is relate to them at the time of the opening in the account and that. But how can you not be a little fearful when you see the way the market is today? And I know that people, you know, we get in our own ways a lot of times. You know, our minds work overtime, especially when, you know, you have your retirement investments out there and you see the market fluctuating the way it is today. It's nice to know that you've got guys like yourself that have got these breakers put in place. It's pretty comforting to know. Yeah, I'd, I'd say, you know, anybody that's listening, if you are concerned, if you have a little bit of panic, that's the best time to talk to a financial advisor. You know, get somebody that's going to take, you know, uh, an outside view, be able to kind of help guide you through this type of environment. Again, turn panic into opportunity, and that's exactly what we want to have you do by listening to the show. So we appreciate all of our listeners for tuning in. And if you have concerns, if you've been nervous for what has essentially been the past six months of volatility kind of crept into the uh, end of last year and your advisor, your financial planner that you currently have hasn't really been addressing that head on, hasn't been uh, talking to you about it or has been absent altogether, I certainly encourage you to speak with the team at America's Retirement Headquarters. Real easy to get in touch with. 419-794-3030 is a number. Start developing a strategy. Put those circuit breakers in place to have a proactive plan rather than a reactive plan. 419 794 3030 or go online to com. Don't forget over there on the website, you can find out information on how to uh, attend the, the upcoming uh, sessions that they have, Turning Panic into Opportunity, June 7th. There's a noon session and a 6 p.m. session. Again, more information again on the website, com. Let's be honest, people have different ideas about what their dream retirements might look like. So we had a chance to speak with some listeners to tell us what they dream about. And here's what they told us. I would love to travel more. Play golf. Well, I can tell you, my husband, yes, travel. That's his number one thing. So travel is obviously a very popular thing, especially in light of the past two years where that wasn't necessarily an option. What are some things that uh, other clients have had on their bucket list? I would say, you know, I've got some great experiences from clients. And uh, one client in particular, I know when they retired, they actually sold their house, bought an RV and traveled the mm -hmm. U.S. for two years. They traveled around. So they stopped at a lot of different places. In fact, the husband had served in the military and little did I know, but as a veteran, he was able to stay at military bases for a pretty economical rate and also, you know, had a lot of safety at the places, had a lot sure. of great facilities to be able to use. Uh, we've seen people that have taken like the Viking River cruise, uh, you know, overseas, 
we've had clients that have taken people down and taken all of their family and grandkids down and spent time at Disney World, which is the most magical place on earth. So <laughs> it's been time if you want to have some fun. And the, there's so many bucket list items. I don't know. How about you, Scott? Well, you know, uh, travel, as, as you heard, and uh, most people like to want to travel because they haven't been able to do that. Uh, and then you heard golf. Um, me, I uh, travel and golf. <laughs> You know, that that would be definitely for one. Um, uh, you know, I did a lot of cruises. I've probably cruised 10, 15 times. I would definitely like to get back into the cruising. Spend a lot of time with the family, too. Yeah, I think, you know, one of the key things to take away as a listener is I think it's important each and every year you, you take at least a week and figure out what is your bucket list item right. that you want to check off this year and do it, like you said, with your family, with your friends, with those that you love and care about. You know, life is short, as we all know. Mm -hmm. And so doing one of those bucket list items. So, Chris, I'll throw it back to you. Do you have, if you look back, what, what's one of your big bucket list items that you've checked off the list that you can think of? You know, there was, uh, not to get too deep in the weeds here, but uh, my wife and I, or our son, we had some medical problems early on with his, his life. And, uh, you know, he was born the day after Christmas, uh, his first birthday we spent in the hospital. And jokingly, I told her, I said, I just, I, I don't want to spend a, a holiday season in the hospital. I'd, I'd love to, to go to Disney World and, and can't we just spend next Christmas at Disney? And, you know, we actually got a chance to do it. We, we did some planning, you know, we, we saved some money and uh, went over there. He was, obviously it was more for us than him because he was two at the time. He really didn't get to appreciate it. But uh, watching his eyes light up when he saw Mickey for the first time, you know, that's something that, that he may not remember, but I, I'm going to keep with me forever. And, and we've been back since then and he's certainly gotten to appreciate it more. But that is that is something that, uh, again, we would like to go back because we went in March of 2020, like the week before everything shut down. So it was a very, <laughs> very staggered trip. But uh, hopefully we'll get to go back soon. But uh, th that's one of them that, that uh, my wife is a big Disney fan. So for her, it is constantly it, it's a, a revolving bucket list, I guess, always wants to go back, always planning the next trip as soon as we get back. I remember one time I went around Christmas time and <laughs> we had drove all night from Toledo, Ohio, down to oh, Disney World. And, you know, we were going through Atlanta at 4 a.m. just mm -hmm. to get down there. And so we show up at Disney World, like, because uh, I've always watched the Christmas Day Parade, right, at yeah. Disney? Oh, yeah. Sure. Do you know it's not on Christmas mm -hmm. Day? Yes. They record it like a couple of weeks earlier. <laughs> so I show up to Disney after driving, I don't know, 17 hours or whatever it was. And not only did they not have the parade because it happened a couple of weeks ago <laughs> they also wouldn't let me in because they were at capacity oops <laughs> so it wasn't until the next day that we got into disney but you're right uh you know what a great experience and i think <laughs> half of the world was at disney even that next day i remember pushing <laughs> the kids around in a stroller and it was it was just magical. So you, you didn't go Clark Griswold on him, did you? <laughs> <laughs> and punch the moose? <laughs> so I, I, all I wanted to do is I wanted to see a parade, right? So I'm finally <laughs> going to go see the parade, and I couldn't find a place to sit down because everybody had had all of the, the sidewalk taken. Mm. So here I've got my kids in the stroller. The rest of the family decided to go ride the rides because that was the only time you could ride the rides because everybody's watching the parade. And so I get out in the street with the stroller to try to go down a couple of feet and find somewhere to sit. And here's the parade people coming, and they're, like, squishing me along because they wanted me to get out of the way because the parade field's going. And by the time I find a place to sit, I was across the bridge on the other side of Disney. <laughs> and as soon as the parade was over, it was just, you know, hundreds of thousands of people. It took me forever just to find my family and get back. It was it was pretty interesting. But those those are where you make those memories. Yeah. So, again, I think, you know, takeaway is everybody should do some bucket list items. Mm -hmm. uh, summer's here. You know, we've got the kickoff for Memorial Day weekend. Hopefully you're 
getting the grill fired up, getting the boat out, doing some things with your family, but uh, want to do some bucket list items. And then I guess, you know, before we move on, anything that you have done that's maybe your favorite bucket list, Scott? Well, you know, the one thing, I, um, there, there's a movie out called Bucket List with uh, Morgan Freeman oh, yeah. and, and, and um, I think uh, what Jack Nicholson's in it. But, um, you know, one, one piece of advice I guess I would give is don't wait until you're at an age where you can't necessarily do some of the things on your bucket list or maybe even in poor health. It's like, oh my gosh, I've always wanted to do this and, um, you know, I may not have all that much time left and I want to do some of my things on my bucket list and how much are you really going to enjoy them? One of the things I would love to do, uh, I know this makes no sense whatsoever, why would anybody want to jump out of a perfectly good operating airplane? Not me. You know, I I would like to do that, um, but that might... (laughs) Not end well, but um, uh, that's something. That's a bucket list thing for me, and uh, someday I'm I'm I'm, I'm going to have to try that. I guess. Yeah, I said it's got to be on my bucket list too, so I'll put yeah. that one down. There you go. And you and I can jump out sometime. There you go. Yeah, we'll set it up. Let's make it happen. All right. You guys can tell me all about it after the fact. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> attending. Regardless of what your, your plans are, what your bucket list, if it is travel, if it is play golf, if it is travel and play golf, I've heard people say, you know, they want to play golf in all 50 states or get go to every uh, baseball park in America. Whatever no, it is, me. yeah, you seem to have a plan for it, you know, whether it is, you know, figuring out and crossing off which park you're going to go to first, but also how you can pay for it. And, and so if you know what you want to do, that's not something that America's Retirement Headquarters is going to tell you, oh, this is what you want to do in retirement. What they are going to do is say, this is how we make that, uh, you know, feasible, make that possible. But it all starts with that phone call, 419-794-3030 or online at americasretirementheadquarters.com. One of the five richest people in the world, he loves his stocks, Berkshire Hathaway CEO Warren Buffett. He hates the word bonds. He tells Barron's Magazine his preferred portfolio is actually 100% equities. Now, we can't all be like the Oracle of Omaha who has billions. You know, if, if the market takes a downturn, he's going to be okay. He doesn't have to worry about things like Social Security either. Uh, but I'm sure he'll say his approach is extremely risky. When it comes to people who aren't billionaires, aren't one of the five richest people, how do you go about balancing assets in a portfolio? And does it depend from client to client? Well, it definitely does depend on objectives. So obviously, you know, if he has substantial assets and he can afford to ride that volatility, he can, you know, take some of those roller coaster rides. At the same time, somebody who doesn't have a lot of money and if they part too much in low earning interest accounts, they're losing purchasing power with inflation. So you've got to get it right. But, you know, for those of you that are wondering, Berkshire's insurance asset allocation is made up of roughly 75% stocks, 21% cash, and 4% bonds. So, you know, that's an interesting alternative to the standard 60-40 mix of stocks and bonds and what's called the barbell strategy of higher-risk stocks and lower-risk cash. And if we look at it, Berkshire has little to no municipal bonds, unlike most insurers. Uh, Berkshire does like treasury bills, which, you know, have some of the ultra-safe government short-term obligations uh, representing a, a bulk of its cash. And, you know, if we look at it, though, Buffett's approach has paid huge dividends uh, for Berkshire, given the stock market, the rally in the past and, you know, what he's done over his lifetime. So I think we can learn a lot from Warren Buffett. And I think there's a lot to be said on why he's so down and out about bonds. So, again, as I talked about in the first segment, bonds have been beat up just like stocks have this Mm -hmm. year. Uh, Bonds face continued threats of rising interest rates for 
uh, quite a long time to come. And it's, you know, not going to put you in a position that gives you a whole lot of opportunity. So what you want to do is you want to start to consider some alternatives to bonds. And, you know, in Warren Buffett's example, what he did is he used cash as an alternative to provide some of that, you know, downside risk management. But the ways that you can uh, help eliminate some of the interest rate risk in bond funds. So, those of you look at your portfolio, if you own um, you know, mutual funds, variable annuities, you own target date retirement accounts, what you want to watch for is the bond funds in the portfolio. Some of the ways that you can eliminate risk but still be able to manage your risk uh, correctly for what's your desired level of risk is, one, you could purchase individual bonds. Uh, if you purchase an individual bond, as long as that corporation is in business, they agree to pay you a set interest rate, and then they also agree to pay you back that principal balance at the end of the term of that. So if you hold that bond to maturity, you can eliminate the interest rate risk that we see in the marketplace right now. Uh, fixed annuities are also a great alternative. So what a fixed annuity is, is it pays a fixed rate of return for a set period of time. Uh, I just had a company I spoke to. It's an A-rated insurance company. They have a three-year fixed rate at 4%. So that investor is going to get paid 4%. They don't have to worry about market fluctuations of prices going up and down. It's just 4% paid for three years, which is you know actually quite a bit higher than most traditional fixed accounts right now. Mm -hmm. But there still are. There's cash in this example. CDs, as interest rates continue to go up, CDs become more and more attractive. Uh, money market accounts. Uh, when you're also looking at some of the things that are offered from the government, he talked about treasuries. But again, I would reiterate the fact that a lot of investors need to be paying careful attention to the value in government savings I bonds. So savings bonds are something that people haven't talked a lot about. But the government I bond is the bond directly from the United States Treasury Department. And it's currently paying 9.62%. Uh, and that rate is good through October of 2022. Uh, so if you haven't looked into I-bonds, that could be another good option for you uh, where you own it directly at the Treasury Department. So it doesn't have the day-to-day -day price movements that you see in the stock and bond market. So Nolan, with that, in October, what happens then? What do I do in October? So in October, what's going to happen is they're going to come out with the new inflation number, and that number could be higher than it is today. It mm -hmm. could be the same or it could be lower, and so it'll adjust. And, you know, in my opinion, if you look at uh, employment issues, you look at supply chain, you look at a lot of the things that are going on, you know, inflation's probably going to be here for a while, mm -hmm. so it's, it's not like it's going to go away dramatically. But, you know, again, if you Look at the ins and outs of, you know, how long you need to hold the I-bond, you know, the value of getting the maximum principal of it. Uh, the, the Treasury Department has all of that information on their website. And, of course, we do this all the time and, and show people and educate them. So if you're not familiar with I-bonds, you can reach out to us and we'll take a look and explain them to you. And one other thing that I think people are not aware of, but it's a good alternative right now, is what is called a protected equity. So, again, a protected equity is a way that an investor can protect participate uh, in a capped growth of the market. So if the market goes up, 
you know, it allows you to make a six, seven, eight, ten percent return to based upon you know how the protected equity is structured. But if the market goes down, it allows that investor to put you know ten or fifteen or up to thirty percent of the losses to another investor. So you know at this point, you've got pretty substantial downside protection if you use one of those deep buffers as an alternative. But I'll be in a position to you know ride the recovery. So you know, interesting from an asset allocation. I think uh, we as investors probably all learn something from Warren Buffett. Uh, so when he talks, it's worth listening to. I dare say he knows a thing or two uh, when it comes to you know making money. And and again, I want to reiterate that some of the things that he uses. He's able to take on a little bit more risk because he does have the the buffer in there to withstand whatever the market may throw at him. You and I, as we get closer and closer to retirement, you want to minimize some of that downside risk. And in these strategies that Nolan just laid out there, you know they could work for you. You don't know until you sit down and you speak with them, schedule a time, come in, talk to them. It's real easy. 419-794-3030 is the number. You can go online to americasretirementheadquarters.com. Once again, I want to remind you that upcoming event they have coming up on June 7th. There is a noon session and a 6 p.m. session all about turning panic into opportunity, which is really shifting the mindset. You know, you don't want to uh, sell low and buy high. You want to be able to look at when the markets do take their downturns. And it is kind of an inevitable thing being able to look at that and seeing it as an opportunity. And this is a conversation about how to do just that again. June 7th, there's a noon session, a 6 p.m. session. You don't have to attend both, but uh, to find out more information, including how to go and reserve a space, go to americasretirementheadquarters.com. We appreciate you joining us here on America's Retirement Headquarters, spending part of the day with us. And uh, since we've started doing this uh, second half of the show, uh, we've turned the second half into a segment we call Committed to the 419, our conversation with locals making a difference right here in Northwest Ohio. And this week, the guys are joined by Allison Armstrong, the chief of fire and rescue for Toledo. You know, usually on the show, we talk about financial fires, how to rescue retirees. Uh, earlier, we actually even used the financial fire safety drill analogy. But let's chat a bit more about what our listeners need to know about practical safety tips at home and, and around town. Yeah, it's just like the economy. You know, unexpected disasters really can happen at any time. So I thought it was super appropriate now that we're getting ready to kick off Memorial Day weekend. There's a lot going on. And, you know, it's a good idea to, to take some time right now to maybe pause for a minute and make sure that you're getting uh, prepared for things that could happen. But, uh, you know, I say before we jump into the show, Allison, thanks for joining us. Good to have you here. Thank you for having me, Nolan. Yeah, I'm glad uh, you were able to come on the show and share some ideas. And uh, congratulations. So the first... Uh, female chief in the history of Toledo. It's about time. Thank you. And luckily, I've known Allison for uh, for quite a long time. Um, her kid and then son was in scouts with my son. And so uh, we both are from the, the Waterville area and uh, have grown up to, together. So it's good to see you continuing to make big marks in the Northwest Ohio and doing good things, which is kind of what our show is about. You know, every week we do a segment called Committed to the 419. And, you know, we try to identify organizations, businesses, and nonprofits that, you know, are helping do the right thing for here in Northwest Ohio. So it's uh, it's it's good to have you here. So how, how are things going? Very well. Um, as you can imagine, very busy. I uh, just hired 70 new firefighters. So wow. getting the classes, uh, it's two classes, getting them going and all the obstacles with COVID and supply chain issues and everything you can imagine. Um, it was a lot of work, but we got that behind us and I have 55 starting 6-3. So I'm excited about that. That'll be a good group coming out. So do, do we still have, I'd say, demand for additional people to get into, you know, fire rescue? Absolutely. There's always demand. We had some big classes that are coming up for retirement. And then beyond that, we have a lot of people that are just changing careers right now. Uh, there's other th opportunities out there and people are taking them. So we're always looking for qualified people to join the ranks. How long so, has kind of been, I guess, your background then in Toledo Fire Rescue? 
I've been here 22 years. Okay. So a question with the, the 55 new, is that all fire or is that fire and rescue? Or, no, or is there a difference? Yeah, no, that's a great question. So uh, in most of the fire departments around here in Toledo, I can speak for specifically, all our firefighters are EMT basic trained, which is a 150-hour sure. course. Uh, we have a, half of them are paramedic level trained, which I think is like 1,100-hour course. But they are all required to be at least EMT B trained because the reality is most of the incidents we respond to, it, you know, somewhere between 80 and 90% are medical in nature. They're EMS okay. calls. Well, that makes sense. You know, not everything you get dispatched to is going to be a fire. Accidents happen and people do crazy things and get hurt. That's correct. Yeah. Well, if we look at it, I mean, thinking about things and, you know, again, trying to give some advice to some of the listeners of, you know, Memorial Day weekend. It's the weekend that, you know, kicking things off. You've maybe probably not used the uh, the gas grill for a while. I know last weekend over at Hooves. Uh, we had had a big cookout for uh, all the veterans who went through the program that we had last weekend, and it was uh, I call fill the grill. So I had I think uh, as many burgers and hot dogs <laughs> and broths as I could get on the grill, and of course the gas is catching everything on fire, but it, it was good. And then uh, maybe this weekend with the weather looking like it's nice, maybe Sunday Monday go out back and uh, start the the fire out there and the campsite, and uh, hopefully maybe even get the boat out and be able to take it up to the lake. You know, there's all of these things that you you got to start thinking ahead. Of and things that happen unexpected. I, I know um, about a year ago, I think we had got a phone call from Courtney at our office, sure. mm-hmm. and she had called me uh, late at night, and uh, her house actually had caught on fire. You know, it's not very often you hear something like that happen, and, you know, she's one of the people that work here at the office, and I think, you know, not all of our listeners know that that ha- had happened to her, but, you know, luckily they heard the fire alarm going off, so they were upstairs, they were in bed, it was late at night. Uh, husband thought, you know, all right, you know, what is she cooking down there and late at night making pizza or popcorn or something's burning, but gets up and actually had saw the car uh, had shorted out and the car had caught fire in the garage and really had pretty much engulfed their house. But luckily through uh, the smoke detectors and the, the plan of attack that they had, they were all able to make it out okay. I know one of their animals was injured but still was able to survive. But something that we were talking about before, or, you know, when you're looking at your plan around the house, what are some of the things that you would say that your experience would tell our listeners are important things about making sure uh, in the house you're preparing for some of the unexpected? Yeah, so many of the things that, that I would talk about typically in those scenarios are the ones you mentioned, right? Having working smoke detectors, closing your bedroom doors, having an escape plan, because what happens is people escape different routes, and if you don't convene in a preset location, then you have somebody maybe going back into the house to look for somebody that's already out, and then something happens to them, or uh, worse, they get killed. So those are the things that we advocate for. And in today's construction, new construction, everybody wants the open floor concept. Well, that's bad for fire spread because everything is wide open which is why you know we advocate that you close your bedroom doors at a minimum uh, in case something were to happen in the middle of the night you know having fire extinguishers accessible usually where the cooking area is because that's where we typically see a lot of fires start so that you can access that fire extinguisher and it wouldn't be between you and where the fire might be as far as your stove or whatever cooking appliances you have i mean those are the top things that i would recommend I can remember the fire safety drill because of being back in Cub Scouts, right? Mm -hmm. So we earned these badges and merit badges for Cub Scouts. And I I can remember as the kids being little, one of the exercises was doing your fire safety plan with the kids at home. 
And so, you know, we had a predetermined spot at the neighbors where we would meet at if anything ever happened. But, you know, as time goes by, or people that maybe weren't involved in scouts or some activity that they did at school, or, you know, they, they maybe haven't run that fire safety drill. And if you haven't done it for a while, I'd say, you know, take some time this week and talk to your family about it. You know, just go over what the plan is. And, you know, in reality, it this is a plan not just to do when the kids were little. In fact, if you look at it, you know, what we do at America's Retirement Headquarters is, you know, we work a lot with people that are close to or in retirement time. And, uh, you know, some of the statistics I think that you were sharing with me is that actually it's not just children. The older population is even more at risk in some of these scenarios of house fires. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. And looking at the statistics, starting at age 65, you are at much higher risk to be injured or killed in a house fire. And you know, there's many reasons for that. Some, uh, our reaction time is not as quick as it used to be. Uh, the senses, uh, smell, hearing, they may not be as astute as they once were. So that may be de- delay your reaction uh, to identifying that there's a fire and then getting um, escape out of the house could take longer. You know, I, I deal, that's my step, especially as most uh, everybody knows that knows me is um, the Medicare, the 65 and older. And as we're talking, I'm thinking through a lot of these things and I'm like, holy cow, I I guess I'm going to have to go home and do my fire safety drills and talk to the family because, you know, closing the bedroom doors, that makes perfect sense. And I don't know that I do that, but there's a lot of things in here that a lot of people just aren't, unless they go to educational events of some sort where you talk about these things, they're not going to remember that. But when when you're talking to 65 and older, I deal with those people every day. And there's several people that come into my office that struggle. And there's many of them that have canes or walkers. It's got to be very difficult to, to make sure they have a clear path, a clear exit path to get out of the house in case there's a fire um, stairs. And, you know, my mom, she um, moved from a two-story house into a, a, a ranch where it's all on one floor to make life a lot easier. Uh, those statistics, albeit scary, doesn't really surprise me based on how some 65 year olds are you know and even older i mean i can't imagine you know my mom at 84 years old if if there's a fire i don't know how she's gonna be alert enough to figure out what's going on to get up out of bed to get out of that house in a timely fashion i mean it's a scary thought but it's got to be reality for you probably see that every day we do we see a lot of injuries uh, burns fatalities related all those causes that you're talking about yeah it's scary and scary and that and that you know cooking fires i mean i guess you don't have to be any certain age to have a cooking fire you could just be a bad cook to have a cooking fire right mm-hmm. you know i remember when my grandmother was living with my uh, my uh, mom and dad she was elderly and had a couple of strokes and uh, they had to really make sure that they watched everything she did. She would leave the water on. She would leave the refrigerator door open. She went through paper towel after paper towel after paper towel and the stove would be left on. Uh, I can't imagine how many times that happens with with the senior population, you know, and that's why a lot of a lot of the elderly people like that, you know, making sure you have the proper uh, long term care policies put in place to get into long term care facilities where the families may not want to put them in there, but it's for their own safety and their own uh, well-being at times. I'm, I'm sure you see all kinds of crazy things out there and I commend you guys for what you do and I appreciate everything you do for us, too. 
No, thank you. And you're absolutely right. And then, you know, as we get older, risk of falls increases sure. exponentially. And it doesn't take much then for somebody, let's say, over the age of, you know, 60, 65 to fracture something if they fall. And many times, I think I read somewhere like 95% of hip fractures are from falls from standing. And, you know, those could be fatal accidents. Um, patient may not die right away, but because of complications and if they sure. need surgery or whatnot, uh, those end up being very, very costly and problematic. Well, you know, interesting enough, I think the other thing with the fire alarms is uh, carbon monoxide detectors. So, sure. you know, what are you seeing with uh, smoke alarms today? Are that is that common? Are they together? Is it a you know different piece that you get? Like, what's the importance of a carbon monoxide alarm in the home? To be honest, I don't know if they make a combination alarm, but uh, carbon monoxide alarms are extremely important because it is an odorless, tasteless gas and it's fatal. So, you know, gas producing appliances can release it if things aren't properly vented, like hot water tanks, furnaces, uh, things like that. You could have that carbon monoxide build up in your house and you know, while you're sleeping, you could simply be killed and have no idea that it's even there poisoning you essentially. Yeah, so definitely something if you don't have the carbon monoxide detector, uh, something to really check out. And again, as you're checking on your loved ones, so things like, you know, if you're out driving around Memorial Day weekend, stop by one of the hardware stores, grab a fire extinguisher for mom or dad, especially if it's time to replace it, keep it by the kitchen, uh, you know, where some of the most common places are. Check the batteries, look at the, making sure they have a carbon monoxide detector inside of there. So we were talking a little bit there. You had mentioned some of the other issues for falls. I mean, that's something uh, that I see. I actually had a client that I was in last night that we were talking about, you know, him either selling his house to go somewhere else because uh, he needed something that was more uh, handicap accessible for his health situation or spending time kind of remodeling it. And really, if you look at it, you know, falls among adults age 65 and over, they cause about 34,000 deaths in 2019. So, you know, that's actually quite a bit more than, than what the house fires are. And it's making it the leading cause of major injuries, you know, according to the CDC for, for older Americans. Um, what are some pointers uh, if people are listening and they're thinking about mom and dad's house and things that they can do to help with, uh, you know, trying to keep those numbers down? So that's, that's a great question. So a lot of the falls that personally I've seen, and I think it would be across our organization, people would say the same thing are bathroom falls. And, and so you have, you know, rugs that people slip on or trip on. So, you know, taking those things out of the bathroom, keeping areas uh, clear and clutter free so people aren't tripping on things that don't need to be there that are in the way, um, installing grab bars or non-slip uh, strips in the shower or the tub or whatnot. Um, they also make a lot or there are bathroom places that make modifications so people don't have to climb over the you know edge of a bathtub to get in there looking at things like that because falls cause a large number of injuries like you said and there are simple things that you can do to prevent them when you think also allison in a um in a bathroom in some more confined area you know if um you're in a hallway, yeah, a fall is a fall, and it's still going to be bad. But the likelihood of falling backwards and hitting the the vanity in the bathroom, or falling in in hitting the tub or the you know the toilet, is is much greater in a bathroom because of the confined area. Would you not agree? Yeah, I absolutely agree. And then you add water to that, uh, right? Water getting on the floor, sure. um, stepping in and out of the shower and whatnot. So you're absolutely correct. One of the things that um, um, for the seniors listening with the Medicare Advantage plans that I sell. Uh, 
there's over-the-counter coverage for most of these companies. And, and the crazy thing is you can actually purchase the, uh, the hand bars, uh, the higher toilet seats, the grab bars and the things that can lift you up off the, off the toilet seat and even the, the shower seats are all covered under the over-the-counter items with most of these companies out there. So that's one way to uh, you know, get some coverage and protect yourself from, from those slip and falls as well. Yeah, that's a great point. I think that's important for people to know. Kind of like coming down to, again, just being proactive, looking at your house, looking at inside the house, looking at outside the house with, you know, again, the kickoff. This is kind of the kickoff of the year. This is a fresh time to take a look at these things in and around your house. Just take a couple of minutes to get everything up and ready for making sure your family stays uh, safe uh, throughout not only this holiday, but throughout the rest of the year and taking all the steps to plan ahead. But you know, those are things that you can, you know, really kind of plan for. The other thing I want to talk a little bit about is, you know, how do you plan for the unexpected, right? So if we look at it, strong thunderstorms, there was uh, in 2020, 51 major thunderstorms. It resulted in $35 billion of insured losses. Uh, floods, uh, four floods totaling $2.2 billion of insured losses. You know, we have uh, winter storms. There's record blizzards in 2020. It totaled 58, you know, million in insured losses. So, you know, really, again, the best time to prepare for some type of disaster is no different like when we talk about it for the stock market. It's to prepare for it before something bad happens. And, you know, to protect you and your family from a national disaster, being really proactive here is kind of another key. Is there any pointers I think that you would give kind of our listeners when you're thinking about things that can help, you know, reduce the risk of death or injury or loss? I mean, the time to prepare for a disaster is absolutely before it happens and having these things in place so that you can access them, you know, should that disaster occur. You know, the things that come to the top of my head, obviously, are, you know, having food, water, batteries for flashlights and things like that. And, you know, what would you do if you had an extended time period without power, right? Because that's kind of one of the biggest things that I think about is if you have these storms that knock out power and you have no generator, or even if you do, do you have gas in the generator? Does it work? But planning for those sorts of things so that you can have them in place and then execute them if and when the time comes. Yeah, you know, those things happen, unfortunately, too often. I remember, uh, you know, one of my, you know, son's uh, teachers from Children's Discovery Zone when he was little, you know, got hit by the tornadoes that came through. And unfortunately, you know, she lost her life in that scenario that was in the middle of the night. They were probably sleeping in bed and didn't have much thought to it. There was a, another time uh, growing up in Bryan, Ohio, um, they were working on some of the um, sewer systems in the, the neighborhood. And we had a, a major storm that had come through. And you know, all of a sudden, my mom's house had like four and a half feet of water inside of it. Uh, so it was pretty shocking. Wow. It had to be kind of rescued from a boat uh, and, and things that happened. When you say rescued from a boat, that leads me to a story. The Maumee River, I live in Waterville. Um, the Maumee River, uh, this was uh, after a weekend of heavy rains. I think it was, um, it was in August. And uh, I decided that we're going to go canoeing. So my wife at the time and I put in uh, up in Grand Rapids and canoed from Grand Rapids to Waterville uh, and had a great time. That was a Saturday. And then Sunday we decided, well, let's go from Waterville to Toledo. So we put in and we get right down right before, um, I think it's uh, Farmsworth Park. And the rapids were really, really heavy. Stupid me, I decided to go right straight down the middle. And we have a, we have a dog with us. We called her Canoe Dog at the time. And we didn't tip over, 
we sunk. The rapids were so bad, the water came in and sunk. So here we are, bobbers, in the middle of the river. I'm looking at this side, I'm looking at that side, and there's no way that we're going to swim. The water's really moving fast. As luck would have it, going across the perrysburg Maumee Bridge is a rescue vehicle. And they happen to look over, and they see us bobbing down the middle of the river, heading towards the bridge, and they called it in. And um, we got stuck on one of the bridge uh, pylons there, and I, I pushed the canoe over to there. And lo and behold, here comes the fire and rescue with their, um, uh, what's that rubber boat, uh, albatross or whatever. They, they bring the boat, put the boat in and that. And uh, they were extremely upset with us. Come to find out the day before, someone up in Perrysburg had been drinking, jumped off the boat and actually drowned. Uh, and I didn't have no idea about that. But, but they happened to see us called it in and had someone waiting there to, to rescue us off of the river. So uh, that was kind of a unique situation that could have been prevented if I wouldn't have been so stupid, I guess. But, uh, you know, I'm forever grateful because I thought that was one of the times I was going to uh, lose my life. Wow, that's so. an amazing story. You're lucky. Yeah, I am. I am. I haven't canoed since. Yeah. <laughs> Good rule of thumb to be safe. Don't do stupid things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm sure you could tell these stories all day long of that topic as well. But, you know, those are the, the type of things that kind of keep you safe. The other thing, you know, when we were talking about emergency kit at home, it's good to have that kit, you know, your, your ready-go kit in case mm -hmm. something happens and you lose the power. But I, I think about the same thing in my car. So, you know, I recently bought fire extinguishers actually for all of our vehicles. We keep it in the back of the car and uh, keep different things that are up there. I was going to the airport, so I, I travel a lot for work. And we were uh, taking one of our trips up there, and, and I've got it almost down to a science of what time I need to get there, where I need to park, and how I can get in sure. because of, you know, just traveling so often. So I've got not much of a window of an opportunity to, to have traffic problems come up or things like that. So here we are. We're going north on uh, uh, 75, and I look over, and I see this car, and I, for the life of me, it just... I'm like, I think I just saw this car go off the road and I see a huge splash, right? But it's early in the morning. I'm going to the airport. And I'm like, no, I don't, I don't see a car over there, but I, I think I saw that. And so I go up, take the median, turn around, come back. And sure enough, there was a car that had gone off the road and the, the driver happened to fall asleep for the moment of time but he went through all of the woods and wilderness there and so really nobody else saw him go mm -hmm. into the water wow. and so you know luckily in that situation it was winter time so um somebody else about this time had stopped and so we were able to get him a blanket able to get you know some of the things that were supplies that were needed and i'm a type of guy i don't know i just it's just my personality. I don't know if it's the marine of me, but I'll just run into a situation. Sometimes that isn't always the smartest thing to do either, but it's just, <laughs> you know, my natural instinct. And so I was, you know, through scouts, I've done a lot of emergency preparedness. I've done a lot of first aid training. I by no means am very qualified like you guys are, but I'm just there to help. And so, you know, these type of things happen. And I think when you're thinking about your automobile, that's another really good spot that you kind of want to have an emergency kit uh, handy and ready to go um, just because, you know, things happen. I'm sure we've all seen that car that's on fire by the side of the road. 
Um, and, and, you know, that's why I have a fire extinguisher mm-hmm. in my car because a lot of times, you know, if it's me or something that's happening, uh, you know, hopefully if you're proactive and have that fire extinguisher, you can take care of it before it gets out of control and we need to have you guys come save us, right, and put it out. So things like inside of your car and your emergency kit, you might want to have duct tape, that flashlight with the extra batteries, the fire extinguisher, a first aid kit, uh, maybe a small shovel, flare, can never go wrong with a little WD-40. 40 uh, light sticks, some of your basic tools like wrenches and screwdrivers, uh, pliers, sockets, uh, a safety vest. So you could just throw on a vest if you broke down. It's late at night. Make sure that you know other drivers can see you. Um, you know, brightly colored clothes in an emergency situation. Um, you know, matches if you need be and. You know, those are the type of things, again, it's just easy while you're thinking about it now to kind of get some of those emergency kits uh, uh, put together for not only at home, but also to to throw one in the back of of your car. The other thing I think is a couple pointers, and I know we're coming up close on time um, of running out here, but, you know, thinking about your important documents that you have and keeping them in a safe, a secure location, uh, you know, knowing where to be able to shut off the water, the electrical, the gas shut off in your house, you know, creating and practicing that emergency plan. And, you know, it wouldn't be prudent of us, I I guess I would say, Scott, being that, you know, we're financial advisors to talk about not making sure that you review your insurance coverage. I know uh, when my mom's house flooded, uh, that wasn't covered by insurance. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, and so that was kind of a shock. And then, you know, with my kids in college, thinking about, you know, what type of renter's insurance Mm -hmm. that they have. And a lot of these kids go to college and don't have proper coverage. But as we're kind of nearing the end, any other final thoughts, Allison, that you would want to share with listeners on ideas for kicking off the the weekend or just ultimately staying safe so you guys hopefully can spend some time enjoying your family? You bring up some good points with grilling, right? You need to keep that grill away from the house. You need to make sure that it's not leaking propane uh, where it shouldn't be. And if it is, you know, shut it off and get it fixed. Uh, And then not emptying, you know, like hot coals or anything like that into garbage cans because we see fires like that also. Somebody dumps it into garbage can, the garbage can's next to the house. Hours later, the side of the house is on fire when they're asleep. So, you know, things like that to keep people safe over the holiday weekend. Absolutely. So, Chief, it's great to have you here. Again, congratulations. Uh, I think mm-hmm. as somebody that I know, a well-deserved position, and uh, I appreciate you keeping everybody safe and always being there for us in our time of panic. And uh, it's great to have you along with us. That's uh, Chief Allison Armstrong from the Toledo Fire and Rescue Department. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. You know, it's all about making sure that you run that fire safety drill. Maybe not necessarily this weekend, but sometime soon, go ahead and have that plan in place. A lot of flashbacks, uh, known to my, my scouting days many, many years ago, and the number one motto is being prepared. And so running the actual fire safety drill, running the financial fire safety drill as you get closer and closer to retirement. We talked about it earlier. I want to go ahead and drive that point home again uh, for that. America's Retirement Headquarters is here for you. Real easy to get in touch with, 419 794 or online at americasretirementheadquarters.com. We appreciate you spending uh, part of the weekend with us. Please have a safe one out there. And uh, guys, any any final words as we wrap up? I just want to say thanks. You know, Memorial Day weekend gives us a little bit of time to reflect about uh, those who served us. And, you know, we just wanted to say thank you to everybody who has uh, served as a veteran. Uh, we appreciate everybody in the police and fire and, mm-hmm. you know, all of the, the people that take that extra step to go the extra mile for uh, helping us as America stay a great country that we are. If you see a veteran, you see somebody, you know, police and fire, somebody serving in this weekend, I would say take a moment thank them, maybe grab them a cup of coffee, 
get them a Coca-Cola Classic. <laughs> um, heck, you know, fill up their gas tank if you're standing there. You know, do something extra, just a way to pay it forward and do something to thank those people that are out there uh, taking time away from their weekend because of dumb stuff that we sometimes do or, you know, Amen. just accidents that happen. America's Retirement Headquarters is located at 1700 Woodlands Drive in Maumee, Ohio. You can reach them by calling 419-794-3030 or online at americasretirementheadquarters.com. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments can fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Nolan Baker is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal or tax advice. Please consult with your attorney, accountant, and or tax advisor for advice concerning your particular circumstances. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products offered through Nolan Baker, Ohio Insurance License Number 27787.